Good morning. We're uh, holding on Zion Omet Aleph, about 15 lines down in the um, the widest lines of Zion Omet Aleph, in the middle of the various memories, the various things that Rabbi Yechonon says in the name of Rabbi Yaisi. We've got yet, uh, we're going to see another few memories of Rabbi Yechonon in the name of Rabbi Yaisi. Shadosha Dvarim Vikesh Moshe Melechnei HaKadosh Baruch Moshe made three requests from HaKadosh Baruch Hu Venotanik and he granted them he granted him the three requests Vikesh number one he asked Shetishra Shekhinah Ad Yisrael that the Shekhinah should reside should rest on Yisrael Venotanik he granted it to him Shanaim as it says Haloi Berech Zecha Imanu this is Moshe's request is it not that you should go with us the Ainu he says to Hashem, please HaKadosh Baruch Hu, make your Shekhinah go with us as we journey through the Midbar. And as Rashi explains at the end of all the requests, it says HaKadosh Baruch Hu granted them. So um, it says, Ganeth Hadawah HaSheh Debarta Eretah, Rashi says. At the end of his, uh, of his request, it also this thing you ask, I'll do. Implying that all the things that you're asking here, I'm going to request. So the first one is, Halo B'Lech Zuchayimonu, please HaKadosh Baruch Hu, accompany us on our journey. So the Shekhinah should rest on Yisrael. Number two is, Vikesh Shalot Tishra Shekhinah Al Oyvdei Kochavit. He asked that the Shekhinah should not reside over the other nations, over the Oyvdei Avedah Zorah. V'notana and HaKadosh Baruch Hu granted him that request as well. Shenem as it says, V'niflinu Ani V'amacho. And I, along with your people, should be, V'niflinu is an expression of being set apart. We should be special in that we should, only we will have the Shekhinah, not the nations of the world. And finally, the third, third request, Dikesh Lehudiyah Zerachov Shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He asked that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should let him know, give him some understanding, some insight into the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We'll see in a second what that is. But not an HaKadosh Baruch Hu, according to, to Rabbi Yechud HaMishim Rabbi Yosi, HaKadosh Baruch Hu granted that. Shanem, as it says, Please, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, let me know, give me some insight into your ways. Omar Lefonov, he said to Hashem, Rebbeinu Shleilo, Lepnei ma yish tzadik v'tzavlo, why is it that sometimes you have a tzadik who enjoys a very good life? The yish tzadik v'ralo, and then you sometimes get a tzadik who has a very hard life. Yish rosho v'tzavlo, then you get a rosho who has a very good life. The Yish Rosha Baral, and then you get a Rosha who has a very bad life. Why is there this inconsistency? So Omar Hoist, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to him, Moshe, Tzadik V'Tobla, when you see a Tzadik who enjoys a very good Olam Hazeh, it must be it's a Tzadik Ben Tzadik. He's the Tzadik, the son of a Tzadik. The Gondor Gondor says, not, doesn't mean literally his father was a Tzadik, it means he, he's a reincarnation, he's continuing the work of a previous uh, Gilgal, Dino, he's in this world to continue the good work. And therefore, there's no reason for him to suffer. Whereas, Tzadik Veralai, Tzadik Ben Rosha. He means he's a Tzadik, the son of a Rosha. Literally, that means he's suffering for the, for the, for the misdeeds of his father. But according to the Vilna Gon, he's facing himself on the Zayar, I think, on this point. He says that means he's in this world to be mistaken what went wrong in the previous uh, visits into this world. And therefore, yes, he's got to be suffering. And when you see a Rosha ben Tzadik, Rosha ben sorry, no, I skipped. Rosha ben Tzadik, when it's a Rosha and he's enjoying a good time, that's Rosha ben Tzadik. He may have messed up, but his father or the previous um, visit wasn't Tzadik. Therefore, there's no reason for him to suffer because of the past. 
Rosh of Aralem, when it's a Rosh and it's bad for him, then Rosh of Ben Rosh, he must be a Rosh, along with his predecessor, his father, was also a Rosh. Correct. No, no, in both, both cases, I believe in both cases. What's he doing back in the world with the previous one was a Sadiq? I don't know. Maybe there's one or two things to fix up. They're not saying that they get the person was a Sadiq. He's come back, yeah, and he's, and he's, and he's, uh, yeah. I mean, look, the Poshmashat, keep it the Poshmashat, I just saw this, this one, I saw the Vilna God says. What about one day, Mary, that's what the Gemara is about to ask now. That's, yeah. Let me understand why this is. This is a big question, Zavik Barada, they all talk about. So, on my mouth, says the Gemara, just uh, quoting again, you've told me Zavik Vatayblo, that's a Tzadik ben Tzadik. If Tzadik enjoys a good world, that's a Tzadik, the son of a Tzadik. Let's go with the Posh that means his father was a Tzadik. And Tzadik Varado, if it's a Tzadik who has a hard life, that's because uh, Tzadik ben Roshan. He's a Tzadik, the son of a Roshan. Now, if he's suffering because of his father. Ask him on Amy, is that really, could that really be the case? The Hakasiv, surely it's written in the Pasuk. Taykeid avon avos albonim, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu visits the iniquities, the sin of the fathers on the children. Sounding like that the children suffer for the sins of the father, and yet still we've got another passage which writes uvanim lo yumasu alavos, that the children will not die because of what the fathers did. For aminon karei adadi, we put the two psukim one up, one up against the other. In other words, we seem to have a contradiction here. Do the children suffer for the fathers or not? When we shine in on the answer, like kasha, it's not a kasha. One is talking about when they hold on, they continue the the deeds of the the, the, the way of life of their fathers, the yadem in their hands. And the other one's talking about when the sons say, "We're not continuing the ways of our fathers. We are going to better our ways." In other words, if the children continue in the ways, the sinful ways of their fathers, then they're going to suffer for what their fathers did as well. Whereas if the children say no, our fathers may have been sinful, but we are going to continue, we're going to build a new way of life, then the And the Bishatana is very seemingly posher. The word ben comes from binyan. It means to build. Marat is buff even more so, interestingly enough. But uh, the idea of Ben is something you build. So if you build on what your father did, he, he set the foundations, your, if the foundations are, are, uh, are terrible, then the person who built the house is going to suffer much more because the house is going to collapse upon him, in a most literal sense. In other words, he's, if you build out bad foundations, yes, you're going you're to suffer. Whereas if you say, well, my father built these foundations there, I'll go build elsewhere. Well, then there's no reason you start anew. Then there's no reason for you to have to suffer because the father built uh, bad foundations. So therefore, says the Gemara, upon him, what you see from this is, that what? That children do not suffer for their father's misdeeds if they don't continue in that way. So how can you tell me that Sadiq Varalo, the reason why the Sadiq is suffering, is because he was a Sadiq Varalo, because he is the son of a Rasha, so what? He's a Tzaddik himself. He's going on a different way of life, so why should he have to suffer? So, Elohaki 
Rather, this is what Akkadish Baruch responded. Not like the previous answer. Sadiq Vatayloi, if he's a Sadiq who enjoys a good life, that means he's a Sadiq Gomel. He's a true and true Sadiq. Therefore, there's no reason for him to have to suffer in this world. He'll get a good world here, but I can't claim it to the Ulama boy, he'll get the best in the next world. But Sadiq Varala, a Sadiq who is suffering, that's a Sadiq Shainu Gomel. It's because he's a Sadiq. But he's not a true and true tzaddik. He's done some things wrong, and therefore he has to be punished. Now, where is it better for him to be punished? In this world or the next world? Obviously, in this world. So therefore, he suffers in this world in order to give him a clean slate for the for the world to come. That's what I mean, tzaddik barada. Um, and then the other way around, rosha of the If you see a rosha who's enjoying a good time in this world, that's a rosha she'enagom. It's a Rosha who is not a true and true Rosha. He's done a few good things in his life. And therefore he's got to be paid. He's got to receive his reward. So Hashem says, I'd rather pay him off in this world. Give him his reward in this world. And then, in the next world, he's going to suffer. There'll be nothing to pay him off. He's just going to suffer. Whereas, a Rosha She'enu Gomer, sorry, Rosha Verale, a Rosha who's suffering here, that's a Rosha Gomer, he's a complete and utter Rosha, so there's nothing for him to, he suffers in this world, he'll suffer in the next world, there's nothing for him to, uh, there's no, no reward for him to receive. Actually, what you're going to see is the Gemara is now going to actually, in a second, present another opinion which says we don't understand it. And even with this answer, this is the, as I said, this is the famous question, Sadiq Varada, it's the basic, the basic, we'll never understand it fully. Even if Moshe got an answer to it, he got an answer, even with this, I mean, I'll just give you one question which they, which they debate. Even, you, see, you think, oh, very good, we've got an answer. Sounds very good, right? The answer is very, very problematic. How can you pay... You've got a Rosha, right? He's a Rosha She'enagom. He did one good thing in his life. So Hashem says, well, he's got to be paid for that. Oh, we'll give him that in, the, in, in this world. That's why he gets a good life in this world. But we say that for one mitzvah, all the goodness of this world can't possibly pay you for that, for that mitzvah. It's not, wait, it's, not, it's not equal to even one second of Eidamabot. So if this person did a mitzvah, and he would have got paid in Eidamabot, then Hashem says, let's clear his slate here, pay him off in this world. How can you possibly pay him off in this world? This is a, a basic question. And so too, for the, for the, for the, you can ask it the other way around if you want. The, the, the Tzaddik, who is a Tzaddik She'enogom, he's done a few things wrong. So Hashem says, we'll punish him in this world, and that's it. Then he'll get a clean slate for the next world. How can you pay him off? If, you, if he's going to stuff and get hit and all that, I mean, you can't possibly compare the two. So some say, I think it's the Chobit Khan, I think maybe even earlier than that, some say to that, that we pay according to what you value. The Rosha, he doesn't value Elamabal. He wants Elamazel. Sashem says, You want Elamazel? I'll give you a reward in Elamazel. You've done a few good things? You don't want Elamabal? I'll pay you off in this world. According to what you value, you'll get your reward. The Sefer Ikrim, although I'm not going to get too involved, he just points out one very, very interesting point. He says there's no imbalance here at all. He says, Because you have to understand, he says, Strictly, strictly speaking, Hakodesh Borkwa. He, he, this is what he says. He says, when it comes to a mitzvah, he says, you're not doing Hashem a favor. 
obviously the bigger the person you're doing the favour to, if you do, if you do me a favour, or you do a, the king, the queen a favour, obviously you can't compare. What I have to give you back is not what the queen would have to give you back. The bigger the person, the, the, more, the bigger you expect the reward. But he says that's only if the queen or the king actually is gaining from it. So like Kodesh Baruch doesn't really gain from your mitzvah. So therefore he says, actually the fee is a strict letter of the law, you should be paid off in this world. It should be a finite reward. That's, that, that's what you'd expect. He actually says, and this is need to understand why this is when it comes to a sin. He says, with a sin, however, according to the strict letter of the law, it's infinite, and therefore your punishment should be infinite. And therefore, therefore this is how he builds it up. He says that when it comes to a mitzvah, if you the strict letter of the law, your reward is in this world. When it comes to a punishment, if you the strict letter of the law, it has to be in the next world. That's, that's what he builds up. Once he says you get to that, the kasha falls away. For a rosha, Hashem gives him the strict letter of the law. You're a rosha, so your, your reward that you do get will be in this world, according to the strict letter of the law, and the punishment will be in the next world. Ah, oh, for a tzaddik, for a tzaddik, Hashem says you're a good friend of mine, I'm going to go ahead with the letter of the law. It's a chesed. I'm not sort of shortchanging the rosha. I'm giving the tzaddik a bonus. So I'll give him his reward in the next world, although the strict letter of the law should be in this world, and the punishment I'll pay him off in this world. So say for Ikrim, he discusses, discusses this study. What I'm trying to point out from this is, even after we've got this Gemara, we've only got a drop in the ocean of, of understanding this uh, most fundamental question. And we're going to see in a second, we're going to see now an opinion which says, even Moshe Rabbeinu didn't, didn't understand, didn't get an answer to this. According to the first answer, yeah. if, if, if you go with, with the with the idea of Gilgudin, then uh, I don't know. I mean, if, <laughs> if it was a Gilgul, or if, you know, if there was a Gil. Yeah, yeah. So, say, according to the first answer, if he wasn't a tzaddik, unless unless you can say, I don't know, but unless you can say that it, it, it doesn't mean Dafka a son, it means a descendant. And since they were, it wasn't just you know Yaakov ben Yitzchok; he was also the grandson and everything. If you go previous to that, you've got Terah, etc. They were all, they were all being the sucking... Huh? No, yeah, but not... What I'm saying, but if their whole toughness was, the whole toughness of the Ovid was to be mistaken what was beforehand, they were in the world to be mistaken ultimately for Adam Orisha, then maybe he's got... I, I don't know, to be honest, but he was sort of the final stage now. Maybe he had to sort of tie up the loose ends there. There were still some, some loose ends which he had to suffer, but I don't know. I don't know about whether... Again, this is one of the uh, difficulties, but yeah. You can, afterwards, feel free to, yeah? You'll, you'll tell me afterwards, yeah? Fine, excellent. Um, so, Upliga to Rabbi Meir. So, this argues on Rabbi Meir, because we've just said, we've just said now, he was granted all three requests. Whereas Rabbi Meir says, on Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, Shetayim Nosnu Leit, they granted him, no, it's Nosnu in this case. You'll see, I, I, I just stop for a second. Shatai is not taken to the next for Achas, is also. No, no, Shatai, I think it's not. Similar. They, they grant him from Shemaim two requests. The Achas, can't be a nitzu here. The Achas, they not do though. And one, they do not, they do not uh, grant him. Shanem, as it says, the Chaneti Asasher Ochen, says Hashem, as regards that last. And you want to know why Zadik Verat, or in fact, this is Rosh Ovitoga, why does the Rosh sometimes get it good? 
says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, V'chanoisi Asa Asher Ofen. I will show uh, grace to those who I want to. Even though he's not fitting, he's not deserving of it. And I will have mercy on those who I decide to have mercy upon. Even though he's not deserving. In other words, don't ask me why. This is not something you're going to understand, Moshe. I have my ways. You'll have to accept it. We're going to dash in another... Another prophet now. And Hashem said, "You will not be able. You cannot see my face." It's been taught in the name of Rabbi Yeshua ben Karach. This is what Hakadosh Baruch said to Moshe. When I wanted to show you my face, whatever that means, you didn't want to see my face. It means at the snare, at the burning bush. Moshe turns his face away. Hashem says, I was prepared to give you, show you my face, whatever that means, and now you decided you didn't, you didn't want to, so, now you want to see my face. You've asked me to understand your, that's not going to happen. Amy I don't want to. And that argues on Rabbi Shmuel ben Achmeni, Omar Rabbi Yenasan. So Omar Rabbi Shmuel ben Achmeni, Omar Rabbi Yenasan, because he says, this Chashalish, on the contrary, what Moshe did by turning his face was a good thing. As a reward for the three things he did, Zochalashodish, he merited three rewards. Fiskarba Yasta Moshe Ponov, as a reward that Moshe hid his face, Zochalikrasta upon him. He merited this cluster uh, upon him, a shining countenance, as we know when he came down to speak to Hashem on Harsinai. Fiskarki Yore, it's going through the post, it says, Vyasta Moshe Ponov, it says that he was, um, the Sabbath in the post, Kiyore, that um, so because he was afraid as a reward for that, Zoha he was he merited that they, the people, were afraid when he came down the shining countenance, they were afraid to come near to him. He was afraid to look at Hashem, they were afraid to come to him. as a reward that he didn't look at Hashem, gaze at Hashem, Hashem He was there later on that he was able to gaze at the form, or whatever you want to translate the word Tumula as, of Asher. Whatever that means. So in other words, we've got a, a difference of opinion. Was it a good thing that Moshe didn't look at Asher, or was it not a good thing? So if you look, if you look at the Enyaka, the Enyaka brings, brings actually the Medrash, has got this same, you're asking a question, how do you fit this Kila Yirani Hodan Boko? You see, you couldn't possibly have looked at Asher. I think, and I just saw this this morning, that in Yaakov, he brings a medrash where, where he brings it in, the British style, because it's, it's uh, slightly, um, in more de- it's, it gives more detail than the Gemara here. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I think it's that one, that's one of the points it says, was as a result. It was because he said, ah, oh, you don't want to look at me? Now, from now on, you had your chance, but now no longer. Had you looked at me at that time, whatever you would have looked at, you would have been able to. But now you didn't choose that time, from now on, it's too late. Now if you look at me, you won't, you won't, uh, it's too late. I think he even says that, I think that's one of the points he makes there. Hashem says that, uh, you know, most of you should stand in the cave, and as I'll put my hand, whatever, my palm over, whatever that means, not to be understood in the physical sense. And I'll remove my palm, as I pass by, I'll remove my palm, and you'll see the back, my, my back, says Hashem. What does that mean, Omar Rabbi Shimon Chassidah. 
Melamid Sheher or Moshe, this teaches us that Akhorish Bokhu showed Moshe a Kesha Shel Tefillin. The knot of the Tefillin at the back. He says, You can't see my front, but you'll be able to see the knot of my Tefillin at the back. They speak about what, what's the significance of the knot. But I think one point, just at, at perhaps a slightly more posture level, is, is that sometimes he's saying, Sometimes you don't understand from the front why things happen in life. If you knew why things would happen in life, you know you're on your other mukha, you wouldn't, you'd, you'd, a person would die of, of uh, you wouldn't be able to take it. Vira means sometimes you'll be zeicha to understand from behind. Sometimes, many years down the line, you don't understand why certain things happen. But if you were to understand, why do I keep it from you that long? Because sometimes it's best for you not to know until later on in life. When the other piece of the jigsaw have fallen into place, only then is it, is it uh, would you be able to to understand properly. Now why is the Keshe Zos Tfilin? I mean the Rashbal again once again has got a long shot about it going into what the Tfilin represents um, etc etc. But um, Yeah you'll say just for the people who are listening on the recording that you're saying that somebody says that because you've got these he also speaks about the fact that there's two retours there but because you've got these two retours which is Toivara it looks you know you don't understand what's going on but when you look at the Keshe it's all one I was going to just say now something very similar remember we talked about the four compartments a similar sort of idea when you look at if you look at it from the front it's all different pieces of the, of the jigsaw you won't understand at that point you've got the four different from the back, it's all tied up as one. All the different four parts come to one. In the Vilmagon says the four compartments, we didn't mention this earlier, but the Vilmagon says it's, it's uh, Kinega, the four senses which are in the head. Smell, taste, uh, hearing and seeing. You've only got one more and that's the hand. That's the Siddhan Shaliyat, he says. But, the, but he says, there you've got the four, four senses. And that's how we sense if you want Hashem. Not literally, we don't taste Hashem, but, but you can set, using the senses we can sort of feel Hashem's existence. But they're all different sort of different senses. And again, seemingly they're contradictory. You know, sometimes we see it one way, we hear it a different way, we, and what's going on here? And this is the question of philosophers, the Maharal says, the philosophy is, it can't be one God. It can't be there's one God. How do I know it's not one God? Because you can't have one God who's simultaneously angry with one person and is uh, speaking very like, hot and cold. They can't exist together. It's a, it's a contradiction. We don't understand these things. When you see it from the back, you'll understand it all comes together. I'm just thinking now, especially for those people who have, and I will say, you know, at the back, it just occurs to me now, at the back, you've got that knot. Some people have a dollar, some people have a two dollars, and uh, there is actually some who have like a mem there. It's not so common. You won't see this one, it's not so common. It's like a mem, literally the hollow. And uh, not to be confused, because if you look, the, the they, they say that the, the man is wrong. The man is wrong. So, um, in Mishnah Tafsir, he discusses this, what the Mishnah Bura means, like, he says that's not the two dollars. He says it's the man. If you've got a material for that, 100% keep to it. But he says the, the two dollars, on the contrary, based on the Rishonim, is the most correct. The single dollar is not the correct one, based on the Rishonim. The people who have got a material for that, obviously, may not get to all But he says, therefore, those who do not have a minah, where they don't know what that minah is, you should have the two dollars. And what's just occurring to me now, if you look at the two dollars, how many, how many actual parts do you see there? You see four. The four compartments, just occurring to me now, you've got the four compartments of the filling, they're all tied up, 
in that single knot. If you look from behind, the four kabbalas suddenly they become literally one. There's not four separate kabbalas; they're all tied into one knot. Similar, similar sort of uh, idea again, maybe. Okay, but let's uh, continue on now. I think this is his last, last one. Yes, of Rabbi Yechonah in the name of Rabbi Yehi. Kol dibur v'dibur shiyatzum at Yakodesh Baruch Hu. Any dibur word of Hashem that went out to the mouth of Yakodesh Baruch Hu, the table for the good, afilu al tenai. Even if it was only on con- on condition, leichodazay. Even if the condition was not fulfilled, Hashem would not retract. Minalom from where do we know that? Mimoshe Rabbeinu from Moshe Rabbeinu Shneim as it says. Hashem says, literally, release me, and I will destroy them. And Moshe says, etc. And he says, the Esa is Khadagayotum. I worry about Khadagayotum. So Hashem, don't worry, we'll see more about this later on. Then it's Hashem, and I will make you into a mighty nation. So he said to Moshe. Now, Avagav Debar Moshe Rachamiyadot, the Nilsa. Even though Moshe sought mercy for that matter, Ubotla, and he was able, he was successful in being Mavatel, nullifying that, that decree, the nation was, Baruch HaShashonim, was not wiped out, even so, Ukmar Bezalit, that bracha, that I'll make you into a mighty nation, you'll see it was fulfilled with the children, the offspring of Moshe Rabbeinu. Shanem, as it says, Bnei Moshe, the children of Moshe were, Gerashim, Beriazer, Vayiyu Bnei and the children of Eliezer were, Rechavio, Horosh, Begemer, it goes through a whole, he goes through the, the, the list there and he says, Uvenei Rechavia, the children of Rechavia, Robu Lamala. It's Lamala there, as that, um, yeah, Robu Lamala, they were, they increased Lamala. What do you mean Lamala? Literally above, the going there. The Tony Rabiotim, Rabiotim teaches, Lamala, Lamala, Meshishim Ribas. It means they went up and above 600,000. Ask your Rabiot, Rabiot, because we learned through some sort of Gedera Shabbat, Rabiot, Rabiot. Kisivhafe writes over here, Robu Lamala, an expression of increasing Lamala. Kisivhafe, and he writes over there, Uvenei Yisrael, Poru, Vayishru, Tsuvayirgu. That Bnei Yisrael in Mitzrayim, they were fruitful, and they swarmed, Vayirgu, that Loshan Vayirgu, and they multiplied. And we know how many were Kisivhafe, 600,000 within a certain, uh, that's what we always refer to, 600,000. Even though there might be a little more of them, if you include the women and the children, etc., above and below the, the, the eight parameters we were taking. But, al therefore, you've got this Robu, Robu, just like Kali saw the 600,000, that's my Yibu, here it's Robu Lamala. It was Lamala, it was above, up and above the Robu, the 600,000. Do you see the descendants of Moshe? Where are these descendants, by the way, of Moshe? Do you know where they are? They say they're across the, uh, what they call it, the, the Sambachin, yeah. There's, uh, there's, I think there's, there's a whole, there's all sorts of, I think, uh, I've got a long thing about it. They say somebody went to a cross, that, that's where the Bnei Moshe are. And they still have now, it's very, very fascinating, if you read these pieces, I can't, somebody once showed it to me, that uh, you'll see they still practice the uh, Abba base in there. They're mu- much, much fuller, so to speak, enough. Huh? Doesn't matter. So that's what they say, they say, wherever this, there's this river Sambachian, which we don't know where it is, obviously, and it's, uh, it's a very, very fast-moving r- r- river. The only day it stops is on Shabbos. So there's one or two stories told about people who had to go, go across. There's one story told about, uh, for example, about um, there was a, a decree against Klalitov, okay, and they had to get, I think, somebody to testify on their behalf or something like that, or somebody would be able to intercede. And 
to get that person, they had to get somebody from across the Sambatian. See, he went across the Sambatian, and they wanted to stone him, because he said, they said, how can you come across on Shabbat? You're not allowed to go through, through uh, you know, way through a river on Shabbat. And he said, it's to Kuat Nefesh, I don't know, did he keep dropping? I don't know, I think it was something like that. And maybe there are other factors as well. And they wanted to stone him, he said, no, it's to Kuat Nefesh and Mikitza, I think he possibly, he may have stayed there, because once he went across, he can't come back. Because how can you get back, back across? The only day you can go back across is Shabbos, when the river stops, but he can't, he's got no hetha. Whereas the person from Sambatjan, he went across to go and save, to save, to, to save them. And he describes there all the things he saw there, very, very fascinating. Where, wherever, wherever this is, but we don't know, it's not a river that we're going to be able to find easily. But all, as I said, it's, it's fascinating all the things there. they practice, uh, other meters stations still there, and a lot of the things which uh, we don't keep, so to speak, uh, they, they still keep there. So I suppose in the future we'll, we'll meet up with them, but... Uh, that's what, uh, there's, there's, I think there's a whole safer written, collecting from different sources, all the different, uh, sort of stories which I've told about this from, from different sources. But. So they are, they are still there, they say. Top of Zion on the day. Now we've, we've just seen all the members of Rabbi Yechonon in the name of Rabbi Yesi. Now we see Omer Rabbi Yechonon, Meshim Rabbi Shem Menechai. Now we're going to see more than an Omer, I think. But uh, at least an omen here of the members of Rabbi Yechonon in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yechoi. So, Omer Rabbi Yechonon, Meshim Rabbi Shimon ben Yechoi. The year Shabbat Hakadosh Baruch Hu from the day that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the world, Lo Haya Adam Shekaroi La Hakadosh Baruch Hu Adam. There was no person who called Hakadosh Baruch Hu the word the name Adam. Achebo Abram Avinu until Abram Avinu came along who Karoi Adam and he called Hashem the word Adam, Master. Shenem, as it says, Vayomer, this notion of Abnus, he says to Hashem, Bamo Eda, but what will I know? Ki Eroshero, that I will inherit Eretz Yisrael. So you see, and Tosa speaks about, you do find an earlier postdoc where, um, with, with, the, with the war with the, with the kings, it talks about just after that, it also uses the notion of Adnus. He says, A Muslim and and the kids, he says, this was actually the first point in time when he was 70 years old, he called him Odin. He called him Odin. Um, Again, I think the Rashford speaks about here, the Dushar Goddess, what, what about shame, what about Noah, what about all these... So they speak about, I think there's a very, very similar, is it, the porn or something towards the end of Parshish Boratius, I think it is, Parshish Noah, maybe, maybe it's even a Rashford, I don't remember who it is. The Nakuda is, he was the first person to publicise it to the world. He was the first person to have reason to call out Kodesh Baruch Hu so he was, um, he speaks about why, because we have to understand that Moshe was, uh, sorry, Abraham Avinu was somebody who naturally he was, from the point of view of the, of the Mazodos, there was no way he was going to have children there, and our Kodesh Baruch Hu said, he lifts him up above and he says, now you're going to change your mother. With this he was going to teach the world, the whole world served Avinu Zohar at that time, they served the Mazodos, and he was publicizing to the world, in practice they could actually see it, a person of 100 years old was going to show the world that there is an Azayin Oedom who is up and above the Mazolim. Now, he was the first person, not just Karoi. I mean, he declared Hashem's Adnus. He showed that to the world. That's the way that the Rashboi explains it over here. Omar Rav said, Rav, Af Doniel loy nene ele b'shvil Avrom. Zotu Doniel was only answered in the Zuchus of Avrom. Shenem, as it says, the Atah Shema Elekeinu, which is for Tafna, I think, on Monday and Thursday, is that right? And now, I think that's what we said, 
And now, hear our God, El Tfilos Avdukov, to the Tfilos of your servant, El Tachanunov, and to his supplications, for her airport, and lighten up your face, El Tfilos Avdukov, to the Tfilos of your servant, so I like, I'm just going backwards, Al Mikdash, on your, on your face, Al Mikdash, Hashomim, which is lying in ruins, Leman, what's he say? He doesn't say Leman Chai. He says Leman, this lotion of Amnus. Leman Hashem, this expression of Amnus. Leman Chomi Boyele. He should have said, for your sake, Hashem. If you want to get the bigger Zechus, you should say, for your sake, Hashem, we want the base humming dosh back. And the Leman Avrom, Shekarach Odin. What he was saying is, for the sake of Avrom Odinu, who calls you Odin. That's Leman Adnus. For the sake in the Zechus of Avrom, the one you love so much, do it in his Zechus. And another member of Rabbi Shimon, uh, Rabbi in the name of Rabbi From where do we know that one is not either not successful? We said, or, or one shouldn't be Miratim on shouldn't try and appease a person at the time when he's angry, or the time he should be angry. As we said yesterday, Shemesh says, Wait for my face of anger to go, and then I will. Here you out, I will come to a, 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 a stage of Menuchah with you. What's the question here? Obvious? Right, why is the Gemara repeating it? We had this yesterday. What's the answer? Go on, no. Okay, basically, the answer is, I just saw yesterday the Slach, I, mean, I think it was Tosh, that's what the Slach said, is, remember, we've got that, that's the key point here, this whole Omad, Zayn Omad Aleph, was all members, collections of members that Rabbi Yechanan heard from, Rabbi Yoshi. These are all members that Rabbi Yechanan heard from, Rabbi Shim Ben Yechai. So therefore, it's just putting them together. He heard from the same, same idea from both. But that may also answer another, it may be, I don't know if it is a question, it's not a question. But if you look, there's a very slight difference. Yesterday, yesterday the question was, Minayan, from where do we know this? And it, it filled, sorry, it fills in, it says, It actually explains the drasha. Here to spring the posik, and that's it. Yeah? Just tells you this is the posik, and that's it. So you could say, well, because we were already told yesterday, so we're just sort of recapping in short. So based on what we just said, the person maybe it's very posher. A person always says it as he hears it. When he heard it from Rabbi Yossi, he heard it. Didn't just bring a posse, he explained the posse. Whereas Rabbi Shimon when he said it, he said it much more to kids. So he just quoted the posse and he left it to you to understand. And when you say something over, you say it as you hear it. So since he's quoting it as he heard it, in one place he heard it with the explanation, one place he heard it without the explanation. But I just want to say one, one very important point. Something, it's a very, very good idea to know. Because I think the way the Slav says it, he says, he heard it from his Rebbe like this, and he heard it from his Rebbe, two different Rebbe's on it. Which is... Oh, I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I don't know if that... I, I, again, I don't know if I'm misquoting this last, but it's not 100% accurate to say, you know, I don't know if he meant this, his Rebbe. What is the difference between, let's say, Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Rav, and let's say, if it would say, Omar Rav Yehuda, Mishum Rav. What's the difference between the two? There, there, there are, there's a Rashbam about it. You find it, there are materials in, in the sort of Rashi Rashbam places about these sort of things. And the answer is, it's a good idea to know, because through this you can always know. I remember in, 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 um, in, in Yavonus, I think it's Sadi Gemel, 
I was here for the Dachim and Rai Kupi used to give out. I remember he came to me just before as he was walking around on Monday or Thursday and it was a whole list of, of who was Makabal from who. Rabbi Meir, and he goes, Rabbi Shio, Rav, the fact goes, Rabbi Meir, Rav, Rabbi Shio, Rabbi, and all said the same thing. He's talking about the Dolor Shiloh Bala. They all hold the same shit up. And I remember he said to me, he said, it's well worth doing Chazor of this because this is, this is like a Shastogya. It's a Shastogya, something which, you know, this is the main place it comes. But I think he also said to me, because it also gives you, because it's got a list of all them, you'll know who is a Talmud or two. Who is a Rebbe, who is a Talmud, you've got a whole list of them. So this also gives you a very, very good idea to know who is a Rebbe, who is a Talmud. The difference is, Omar Rabbi Yod Omar Rav means, he heard it directly from Rav. Rabbi Yod said, that Rav said, I heard this from him directly, he was a Talmud Mughal. He, he heard it from him. Omar Rabbi Yod Mishum Rav would mean, in the name of. It doesn't mean he heard it directly. It could have been there, was, there are generations. I mean, here on the Rebbe Yechon Mishum Rabbi Shimon Yechoi, there were completely different generations here. Mishum Rabbi doesn't mean they're the same generation. Even he ha- heard the shame. Now, sometimes you will find they were the same generation, and he may have. But and in these cases, you will see someone. It will be the same generation. Just he, he heard it from. Uh, he didn't hear it from him directly. The difference Mishum means he, in the name of. He didn't hear it from him directly, and the other one. Omar Rabbi Omar Rabbi means he heard it, and that's why it's always Omar Rabbi Omar Rabbi. You'll never see Mishum Rabbi. Because Rabbi Hudi was a prime disciple of Rabbi. The same Omar Rabbi Omar Shmuel, the same thing. As far as I'm aware, you'll never see Mishum Rabbi there. So these are both Mishum, because he heard it in the name of. No, he didn't hear it directly from them. Well, he wasn't at Tamil, but either way, that, that's the, 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 the main Nekoda. Uh, okay. Says the Gemara. So next member of Amar Rabbi Yechon and Mishum Rabbi Shimon Ben Yochai. Miyom Shabbat Hakadosh Baruch Hu Esay Lomer. From the day that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the world, Lo Ayah Adam Shehut Al Hakadosh Baruch Hu. There was no person who gave thanks to Hakadosh Baruch Hu Ad Shabbat Leah until Leah came along with her daughter and she gave thanks to him. Shenem as it says, Hapaam Eidah Hashem. And she gave birth to Yehuda. She said, I know there's going to be twelve tribes. I've already had three of the tribes. Therefore, I've had my Shedek, and you've given me one above that, now I've got to give thanks to Hashem. And once again, the Rashi explains just very simply what's going on here. I mean, no one thanks Hashem beforehand. The idea is, no one had this, this uh, if you want, Chiyo Barakas, he brings a Medrash which says, you've got a, a crane who goes along, and he goes along to a base house, he goes along to a threshing so he's given a nice big portion of Turumma. Somebody gives him a very generous portion of Turumma. So, um, fine. He then goes, goes down the road, and uh, somebody gives him a little, little portion of chulim. Chulim. Right, non, non pebble, not, not shurma. And he says, oh, I thank you so much. Pastor gives him shurma says, I don't understand. I gave you a whole sack full of shurma. This guy gave you a tiny little bit of chulim. Why are you thanking him and not me? Oh. So he says, the first part, because when I came to you, that shurma, you couldn't do anything with it anyway. If you separate that amount of shurma, you've got to give it to a cane. That's mine, it's not yours. If you've got all that trouble there, you've got to give it to a cane. That belongs to me. That's the cane of the cane. Chulin. Chulin doesn't belong to a cane. That was Mamasha Matana. It was unexpected. For that, I've got to give thanks. The same idea says the Medrash is over here. Leo said, until now, I, I mean, obviously, a person's got to be thankful, but I did. That was my chilek. Three children was mine out of the twelve divided by four makes sense. But the fourth one, that was already was unexpected. That was more than, than I deserved. And therefore, a palm made their Ruve. Now we're going to go through, once we're discussing names, we're going to discuss another couple of names. Ruve. Omar Rabbi Eloza, says Rabbi Eloza, Omra Leo, Leo says, Ru'u ma bein beni le ben chami. That's Loshin Ru'u means Ru'u bein. 
see the difference between my son, Reuben, and the son of my father-in-law. Who's my father-in-law? Yitzchak. And who's the son of, Ye- of uh, Yitzchak? It's Esau. Look at the difference between my son, Reuben, and my brother-in-law, basically, Esau. Look at the difference. What's the difference? Because when it comes to the son of my father-in-law, when it comes to Esau, even though he sold his Bechera, he sold his portion as, uh, as the firstborn, of his own volition, that he sold his Bechera to Yaakov, still see what's written about him. And he hated Yaakov. Is this the reason why they called, he called his name Yaakov? That he's, uh, he's uh, tricked me out of it, uh, an expression of ambushing me. He's twice the game, etc. The Idubini, that's Esau. And what happens when it comes to my son, when it comes to Ruben? Even though Yosef takes his Bechera from him against his will, the Chsibah writes, that when he desecrated the, with all might with Bilal, he desecrated the, the, um, the, the, uh, bed of his father, Yosef, his Bechera was given to the children of Yosef, he didn't want it to be given, even so, he didn't hold it against Yosef. On the contrary, the Chsibah writes, by Yishmaru Uvin that when, when Reuven heard what the uh, brothers wanted to do to Yosef, and he saved him. This is the very person who was taking his Bechera away, he was taking the love of his father away, and yet he saved him. Look at the difference between the two. Now, first of all, what does she want? That, that's point number one. Point number two is, so I'm going to ask a question, it's an obvious question. Oh, so the, the, I think the one of the portion points out is Mamash Ruach HaKodesh. I think it's, I don't remember what the answer, but that's, somebody talked about that. It was well before the Meister, the Meister anyway. Oh, the Vilna Gaon asked, the Torah says the reason why she gave the name Ruven. Ki Amara, what does it say? Ki Atoye Ahovani Ishi. Ki Rajan Be'onik, and it says, Ki Atoye Ahovani Ishi. So why are you looking for a different reason? So the God says, because, if you look at all the other names, it tells you the cause, the Sibol will form them a Sibol. First, why she chose the name, and then what the name was. You get the reason first, because you're thinking, what should I name the, the child? You first think, ooh, what, what, you know, what, 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 what experience have I had? Ah, oh, that's the experience, and this is going to be the name. You give the cause, and then the, then the actual name. Here it's not, it's the other way around. It's the only one. Ru'uven, ki omra, because she said, etc. So the fact that he doesn't give a cause, says the Vilna Gaon, it must be, there must have been another cause, maybe it's obvious, but there's another cause which is self-understood from the name Ruvay, which exists before the name. That's what the Vilna Gaon says. I wanted to suggest that the Emma says no contradiction at all. They're one and the same reason. And perhaps with this we can also give a little bit of more hazard to what the Vilna Gaon just said. I once had, had, I mean, I used to have this question, that it's, it's not a dimion anyway, you can't you compare the two. Yosef, uh, lost absolutely everything in his Bechayla. The Avodah, the Brachos, everything he could have lost as a Bechayla, he sold it all on to Yaakov. Reuven didn't lose everything. If you look at Rashi al says, he lost the fact that he'd be split into two tribes and he'd get a double portion in Eretz Israel. He didn't lose everything. 
he didn't lose everything at that stage. The, the Avodah was still belong to the Chayra. Uh, in the future, it's going to go back to the Bukhar. Chazal say, maybe Labour will keep it as well, but it's going to go back to the say. He didn't, definitely did not lose everything. Look, look at the Rosh I don't remember where, but he says, firstly, he did not lose everything. So what's the comparison? He lost, he lost much more than, than, than uh, Ruben lost, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, that, 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 that could be. What I'm trying to say is he lost, Ruben lost one thing. So I, I want, I, I, I told this question over to my brother, and he, he went and he, he asked it, somebody was bringing out a safer, I don't know if it ever came out yet, um, and he was working, he was going to bring in a safer, all the questions, there's some posh shot from the and he obviously saw this as a posh shot. And um, he loved the question. He decided he was going to put it in his thing. Because he, he wanted to suggest an answer. And that was, he said, you have to look. What was it that Reuven lost? He lost the double portion in Eretz Yisrael. Now, obviously, Eretz Yisrael is a double rukhni, but at the end of the day, losing a portion of Eretz Yisrael is a gashmi and stick of Obviously, it has a knock-on effect. There's no doubt about it of rukhni. But there is, you get a smaller piece of land. Reuven wasn't bothered by that. Whereas Esau, what bothered Esau? What really bothered him was when he saw the brothers. That's when he really was out to kill Yaakov. Before that, by Yivet, Esau, Esau, he says, it's rubbish, it's rubbish, it's nothing. When he saw the brothers that he lost, by Yaakovini, Zephar, Mayim, that's when he really got worked up. Because these are the physical brothers. Now, what she was therefore saying is, that's what he wanted to say, that's the Nakuda. You're right, he may have lost more. But the, 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 the point is, look at the difference between Reuven and, and Esau. Reuven is a person who, of course, Esau is going to have Ruchmiya Stephen, but it doesn't bother him if, the, if on the Gashmiya side he gets left. He'll get left. Whereas when it comes to Esau, that's what he lives for. When it comes to Avodah, I give Esau a he's not interested. When it comes, when it comes to, the, to the real, when it comes to the... Um, so the brothers, the, the, the Kishom and all that, oh, then he gets all worked up. So I wanted to say, that's what's, what's going on in this Gemara over here. People were saying beforehand, there's, there's, the, the, the Arachayim, I think mean, he typed up the post, I think it's an Arachayim. He quotes the Gemara of Abba which I could not find inside. So he says, means, until now everyone's been saying, as we know, that I belong to the Sonic. Everyone was saying that, everyone was always saying, we, we know when, when, Leos, when, when Yaakov first came to the house of Lovon, Leo was crying her eyes, in a Leo, in our, it says, Rachel, she was crying, because everyone was saying, there's two children to Lovon, there's two children to Yitzchak. Well, so all, they assumed, Esau would marry Rachel, and Yaakov would marry Leo. So everyone, Sorry, sorry, no, sorry, yeah, the other way around. That Yaakov would marry Rachel, the youngest, the younger, and Leon would marry Esau. That's what everyone was saying. That she would get married to the Sone, and that Rachel would get married to the Oye, the Yaakov. And that's why she was crying. She said that this. She said, Kozma, I didn't have a child. So people would say, ah, oh, you see, you see? She wasn't meant for this man. She was meant for... She was meant for the Sonia, for, for, uh, for Esau. Now that I've got a child, Rachel doesn't, 
Everyone will appreciate that I'm meant as the husband of the Oyer. I'm meant as the husband of, of Yaakov. That's, that's what he says. So I wanted to say that's the same thing here. It's exactly the same. There's no two reasons here. She said, I'm calling Ru'uvein because how can you possibly say that I was meant for Esau? Look at my child. It's not, it's not a riot. It's a remnant. It's an expression. She was saying, look at my child. He's so ruchni. He's so spiritual. When his bechayah is taken away, he lost the, the, the gashmias, he's not bothered. On the contrary, he saves Yosef. And yet, when you come to Esau, this is the person I was supposed to marry, this is supposed to be the father of my children. Look at him. He's the complete opposite, a complete antithesis of what Robin could be. When people see the difference between the two, they'll see that we're worlds apart. It could never have been that I was, that I was meant for, for, uh, for Esau. And that's It's one and the same. It's just it's bringing out the idea a bit more. And that could well be. That's why she didn't say the Sibor, the cause first. Do you know why? You only say the cause first if you're thinking... Mm, what, should, what should I call that dear child? Or the name of a building you've just built, you know, a new base time editor, and thinking, well, who, who did the most work? Who should we call the name by? And you're thinking through all the different things, and you think, you know, this, that's the biggest, uh, he's put in the biggest part, so I'll give the name after him. You, that, you're thinking about what the cause, and then once you've decided what the biggest cause is, you give the name. But if a person is so, there's, there's no question in his heart, subconsciously the reason's already there, the name pops into your mind before you've even actually thought through why you're causing it, calling him by that name. She was, dying, dying to have this Ru'uvein to show the world, to convince herself, to convince the world that I was never meant for, for an Esau. I was meant, and I will stay with this, uh, with Yaakov, and I will have a, a, a massive chedek in fathering these 12 Shavuotim. And that's why, before she even expressed the reason, Ki Amro, before she even actually uttered the reason why it was ready out there, Ru'uvein, this is the, 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 the uh, fitting name for, for, for my son. The Gemara continues now, and he gives us another person, another name, a famous name, Ruth. My Ruth, what's the name Ruth? Omar Rabbi Yechanan, Shezotza, because she merited the Yotza Menano David, a son by the name of, well, it's not literally a son, but a descendant called David came from her. That David saturated, as it were, HaKadosh Baruch with songs and praises. So therefore, Ruth is an expression of Vivon. To saturate. Once again, the Ramadan has gone after, call her, call her Shir. Or Shira, he actually says Shir. Right? Call her the name song. What's, what's Ruth? Why Riva? I think just in short, very, very particular, I think the answer is because the Nakud is not the Shir. You have to understand what, what David Amelah's whole mission was. And in short, this very, very particular is, if you compare the, its contrast, it's unbelievable. You have here two, a person made up of two parts. The body and the neshama. The body is referred to as the shakai. The Vilmagon says the beginning of Ruth. That's the die. It's the part which is limited. There's no mitzvah to go, you know, here's a mitzvah to go over the top when it comes to the body's needs. What's necessary is necessary die. When it comes to the inside, when it comes to the neshama, that's how you're over the year. That's ongoing. You're always learning, always learning, always everything you can. Interruptions of the body. So that's why the mezuzah, on the outside, it's written the name Shakai. On the inside, there's always Yod Kei In the Parashit, you went to the name Shakai. Spillin is the same thing, by the way. The name Shakai is uh, on the outside, Spillin through it. So it's not on inside, it's all Yod Kei The same idea. When it comes to the inside, it's ongoing. Tomit, Tomit. When it comes to the outside, when it comes to the body, well, whatever's necessary, die. 
That is what's going on here between Elimelech and Ruf. Elimelech went from Eretz Yisrael, the land of spirituality, he went down to Moya, the place where they really were sort of excelled in giving the body what it was. He went from the place of Hoya to Shakai. And therefore, his life was taken from him. Ruth, who had everything there, she had everything there, came the opposite direction. She had all the, the physical luxuries you could want in life. She was a princess, and she went up, gave everything up, to go as a pauper in the field, to glean in the field. She went after a life of And therefore, that's why her name is Ruth. Because that was the main point with David Amela. It was all about the Neshama. Revolve, saturate, implies there's no enough. You know, the saturation point means you can't get more. But it's ongoing, continuously. That was the life of David Amela. David Amela, um, he would have continued on as well. That, that famous Shabbos when, he, when he was, his life was taken, he was learning, learning, learning. He just, the Malachamovic had to stop for a second to take it. Says the Gemara. And from where do we know that the name of a person causes will have an effect on what he will be in the future? Because the Potsik says, Go see the works of Hashem, Did I? I thought I just read that, no? Maybe not, I'll read again. From where do we know that the name of a person will have an effect on what he's going to be in the future? Not for it. Because the Potsik says, Go see the works of Hashem, Asher Som, Shamus Ba'oret. Where say Shamus literally means like desolation in the land. But I'll say Shamus, don't read that Shamus is an expression of, of destruction, Elosh Shamus. Go look, the works of Hashem, the deeds, and others were saying the deeds, Asher Som, it could well mean that what it's saying is the deeds. Maybe towards Hashem, Hashem song, Shemus Ba'orah. In other words, the name of a person is going to affect what Mifado is the works which are going to happen. If you look at people, very often you'll see this. That's why they say it's a spark of Rakhkench, what we're called, very, very often, I mean, I'll say it should always be like that, will tell you something about their nature. I mean, I'll leave you to think about it, uh, think about your own name and see if, uh, see if, that's, uh, if that's the case. Hashem will continue on next week. Have a good job. Have